Well, it is Christmas time here in New York, and tragedy has struck this city right in downtown Manhattan. Uh, a somber way to uh, go through December, especially for this family of the two-year-old that was struck by the, I believe, the two train down on Fulton Street. And I know he's got his pulse on it. Uh, Jose Martinez, senior reporter at city.nyc, uh, thecity.nyc. What, what's your thinking today after this tragedy? And it's worth covering, is it not? Well, this is something just absolutely terrible to find out about last night. This was at the height of the rush hour at a very busy subway platform. That's the uh, Fulton Street station, which has multiple lines, but the platform where this fatality occurred with this two-year-old boy was on the platform that serves the number two and number three trains. And what the police report is that this uh, child was struck by a, a train heading northbound, uh, a number two train, at around 5.30 in the afternoon. So anybody who rides the subway in New York or really in any crowded mass transit setting knows that's prime time. That's a very, very crowded time. And apparently what happened here is this child uh, somehow got away from his mother, was separated, and that is when this uh, occurred. It's just uh, absolutely one of the worst things that uh, you can envision happening uh, on a subway platform. Now, I have you on because obviously you cover the MTA to an extent for, for the city.nyc. What did the MTA say today? I know they released a report. Right. Well, they have said that this was just a horrible tragedy and that they were thinking of the family, that the young child became separated from the parents who he was with uh, when this happened. Now, that this is the sort of thing that will inevitably uh, bring forth the call once again for the MTA to do what other transit systems around the world have done, which is to put in platform screen doors to prevent this sort of thing from happening, because it, it really is something that's just uh, awful in so many ways. Uh, and then to the core of what the MTA does, and I say this not to be insensitive, but just to get at their core mission, it is to move people and obviously, this disrupted uh, a lot of lines last night. People became very upset. And all of that pales in comparison to what happened to this child. But, sure. you know, people go on social media and they're uninformed about what's happening. And they're complaining about it. And, you know, what's really terrible here is that a child is dead. And it's something that would seem to be preventable, um, certainly uh, with the use of platform screen doors, and also, you know, at, at, at the very most basic sense, if the child had not managed to uh, be free on a, on a crowded platform at rush hour. Well, that's uh, and I can't imagine parenting in a rush hour situation. That has to be one of the most hard, that, that has to be one of the most difficult emotional tasks trying to get your kid from point A to point B. Got to keep them very close. And I see children all the time. I see people with dogs in the subway and you know you have to think about it in rush hour in particular uh when those platforms are crowded when there's so much activity when there's people moving in different directions uh all the things that could go wrong uh, and, and could go terribly wrong when you have uh, so many moving pieces all at once 
Now, you, you talk about the pre- protecting uh, the platform protectors, the platform screen doors. Look, we've had people jumping. We have this incident. I just feel like the MTA continues to kick that idea down the road. Is there any progress on actually making the platform safer with these screens? Well, it's it's a project that, as I mentioned right at the very top, Alex, this is one that comes up anytime this sort of thing happens where it's a high-profile uh, death, certainly like this one, or where you have a succession of uh people getting struck by trains for however reason, uh, for, for whatever reason, they end up on the tracks. So uh, for years, uh, there have been outfits and MTA board members saying the MTA should do this. They should test these platform doors. They should get them. They should find some way to do it. It's not something that appears to be in the near future, though, and I'll tell you why. You, you need look no further than two recent projects that uh, the MTA is going to pass on for some time. Last year, the MTA planned to test out platform doors on the L line at the 3rd Avenue station. That would have been if the L had gone through with its planned 15-month shutdown. Now, that, of course, didn't happen. But even before the shutdown was scrapped, the MTA had moved the $30 million from the plan to install and test those platform doors at 3rd Avenue, they had moved it to installing elevators uh, at the 14th Street and 6th Avenue station just a couple blocks away. Now, that's a really important project. Both of them are hugely important, I should say. But it was a matter of the MTA going with its priorities. And at the time, when the money got moved uh, to another project, to that elevator project, Andy Byford president of New York City Transit, said, I'm a big fan of platform doors, and I'm quoting them here, and I want to try them in the near future, but right now, we feel it's the right thing to do, and he went on to say, the right thing to do is to test and to put the money into improving accessibility for people with uh, limited mobility in the subway system. There was also, uh, in in the MTA's last capital plan, uh, some money was pegged, at least for a time, to uh, begin designing and looking for ways to add platform screen doors to the um, up in the Bronx on the number six line, Pelham Bay Park stop, and that money got moved away. So, you know, this comes up from time to time, and it comes up every time something like this happens. But the money, it's very expensive, and it's just not going to be there for a while, it would seem, uh, because the MTA has so many other priorities. Is there, I mean, I know there's signage, I know there's announcements, but I don't know what else the MTA could really do to keep someone from even getting to the edge, child, adult, whomever, and it's just, there's no barrier there, not even the oral, oral, you know, audible barrier is listened to. Uh, like, a say years the, ago. No, it's, it's, look at, elsewhere in the city you have, and these are just in a few stops, the air train serving uh, JFK Airport, you do have platform doors there. But consider the air train is just a couple of decades old. It's not 114 years old or 115 years old like the New York City subway. So that's always the line from New York City uh, transit, that these stations are not uniform. They're different in size. It's not a one-size-fits-all system. Uh, So it would be hugely, hugely expensive to try to install retrofit these old stations uh, with platform doors. 
But even when New York City Transit, the MTA, even when they have built new stations, such as Hudson Yards back in 2015 when it opened, or uh, 72nd, 86, and 96 on the Q line of the 2nd Avenue subway, those new stations didn't get platform doors. They're expensive, they're difficult to maintain, uh, but those were opportunities that Transit had. Of course, the very expensive uh, additions to the subway would have been that much more expensive, but it's just a pricey proposition. Transit says that for now, uh, its money will uh, be going in other directions, and, and, and the MTA has a lot of different things to spend uh, its money on. Now, you know, the other thing about this was how quickly it seemed like they got downstairs to try and rescue the kid. That was a pretty heroic effort to just get down there in timely matter. I don't know the stats on the timing. Do you, by chance, know how quickly they got there? No, but, you know, that's a, that's a very busy station, uh, and, and uh, unfortunately, when the, the child uh, was, was not able to be saved, uh, and again, I, I can't really think of uh, anything more tragic than the loss of a child. Uh, and something that you would you would hope could be avoided, but unfortunately, in this case, it just it just didn't happen. Uh, but back to the platform doors, you know, sure. they 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 could also think about it, stop suicides. They could yeah. stop uh, assaults where uh, people are pushed onto the tracks. And and I will say that the MTA a few years back tried out a technology to detect. Uh, it was tried at a few stations to detect anything that falls onto the tracks so that let's say you're a train operator, uh, you are notified when something falls onto the tracks and hopefully then able to stop in time. All of this in a goal to reduce uh, the number of uh, what are called 12 nines in in the transit system. That's uh, where people are struck by trains. Well, and you know, I was just thinking about this. So, in a way, would you say the extenders at Union Square are sort of supposed to be like a barrier, or what, or just because the distance between the track and the and the platform? I mean, those things are very handy when you think about it. At fourteen, well, they're, they're there for a purpose because the gap between the platform and the train is such that, for safety purposes, the gap fillers are there, and you don't see those anywhere else in the system except on the Times Square shuttle. Uh, they used to have some at the Brooklyn Bridge City Hall station, uh, but uh, those are no longer in service. But those, they 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 fill the gap in the platform. It's not. Uh, it's it's obviously a, a safety measure, but because uh, you don't want people going into the space between the train and the platform, that would be uh, a very bad bad thing uh, indeed. Well, do you think this also, you know, this also comes at a time where now pedestrian traffic is, uh, foot traffic is going to be in the, on Fifth Avenue. I know it's a different kind of thing, but it seems like maybe the pedestrian making more space will be beneficial to the subway system, too. Well, you know, platforms get really crowded, and uh, this is something that's been pointed out to me by transit workers that in this day and age when everyone is on their smartphone, and this applies upstairs, and downstairs, sometimes uh, we tend to uh, not pay as much attention as we should. And I've heard from transit workers of people walking off the platforms in the same way that and this is not in any way to blame uh, the person getting struck. But, you know, if you're not 
fully aware of your surroundings, and that's something that you should be. Uh, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a spot where something can go wrong, uh, such as, and we're just talking about a, a, a situation where someone is just looking at the phone, they could walk onto a track, and that's, that's really a very bad place to be. Now, obviously, this has been a brutal week for the mayor. He had to respond to the, Jer- and, and for humanity, actually. The Jersey City, sh- City shootings, he had to respond to that. Uh, how has he been handling all of these crises that's been happening this week? Have you observed that? How has the mayor handled this? The whole situation with the two-year-old and the shootings. How, is, how would you say he's been during the crisis management period of the week? Well, there's, there's, uh, that's, that's part of the job, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, an unfortunate part of the job and, um, that our public officials, our elected officials, our public safety officials, uh, have to, uh, handle. So it's, it's always a challenge and, and you have to step up and meet that challenge. And as for you, what, what do you think the takeaway should be for everyone with this, it's not. I feel like it's still not enough to say, "Please watch out for the platforms," because that's that is just hearsay. They 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 won't really understand it until God forbid something happens to them. So, what other methods can we uh, encourage people to use when on the platforms? Obviously, getting off your small smartphone is one. Well, thing. it's a matter of always being aware. Always being aware. You know, obviously, you don't have eyes in the back of your head, and you don't have uh, three hundred sixty degree vision much as we'd like to have those things. But there are things you can do, such as standing back from the platform, such as putting yourself against the wall, perhaps turning down the volume in your earbuds, certainly uh, holding on to dogs, if you have, or, or, or to, to children, I should say. If you have a dog, make sure the dog is in the bag. Uh, you know, if it's on a leash, it could break free. We've had that happen in the subway. So there are any number of things that can go wrong in an active subway system. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting question that you ask because just yesterday, my colleague and I, uh, Greg Smith from here at the city, we were recalling an incident from, I think it was the late nineties, a young woman named Kendra Wepdale, who was pushed off of a, uh, subway platform on, uh, I think it was 28th and Park, or it might have been the 23rd and Park Station. I can't remember, but she was waiting for a train, and she was uh, pushed off uh, by a man who was in, in not the right state of mind. Uh, and what that incident, I, as I remember, I was here, you know, those many years ago. It. it made me and it made, I'm sure, a lot of other people fully aware of their surroundings in the subway um, as a rule for a long time after that. And I've been thinking about it again this week. I made sure to stand back and not get so close to the edge. Now, in my last job where I was a television reporter, I would often have a tripod and I would have a camera with me when I was working at New York One. And I was always looking for the safest possible spot. Number one, where I wouldn't be in anyone's way. Number two, where I could at least have a chance at assuring my own safety as best as possible. Again, these are tight spaces. These are a lot of people. And uh, you just have to, it's a cliche. It really is a cliche to say safety first, but that's really what I think of for my own case, uh, for, for that of others. 
And, uh, you know, I remind myself of that, that case of the young woman who was pushed off the platform and fatally struck by a train um, over, I think it was the NQR and W line. And uh, it's, it's terrible, but you just always need to have a tremendous uh, self-awareness uh, of your space. Uh, notice how you're using your mobile device and um, consider that it's, it's not a lot of room and there's, uh, space to be shared by a lot of people. Now, I had seen in one of the articles on Street Easy actually that they do have a code of conduct for kids at the MTA. Is that correct? Like they have the whole guideline for handling kids on the subway? Well, there are, you know, there are things. For, there, there is a code of conduct in the MTA for how you should, uh, for instance, in handling uh, a child or a pet, uh, these are things that, that the MTA publishes on its website. Now they've been putting them on their screens. Um, it's, it's something that a lot of people maybe aren't familiar with, but it, it's uh, certainly available to people to read. And I don't think anyone needs any no. reminder to be as safe as possible. But yeah, there are some rules for how things should be done uh, for safe operations and for safe travel within the New York City transit system. Do you think this incident, especially for those witnessing it, opened people's minds, uh, you know, eyes to what really could happen if you're not careful with a kid, with a with yourself, with a pet? Do you think this incident changed people's mindset on the platform, or will it be same old, same old? It really, it really should. You know, uh, it really, really should. Whenever you go into a subway station, uh, you're going to see um, in a lot of stations still those signs that have the image of a person standing on the edge of a platform. And, and it says, you know, in X year, there were X number of people struck by trains. I always read those because, like I said, I, I try to be really mindful of my space and that I'm sharing it with a lot of other people. Uh, I don't want to fall on track. I really don't. Uh, and, uh, and no one should want to be down there. Uh, so I think this will raise awareness. Uh, I think transit officials will uh, probably hear from some of their board members again that uh, they should refocus perhaps on finding a way to put in platform doors that you see in so many systems around the world. Let me, let me just sure, think off far. the top of my head here. Uh, I mentioned the air train in Paris, yeah, in Seoul, did, did, in Korea. Andy, how about Andy uh, Bison? London, you have these doors, and we just don't have them here in New York. I was gonna say, so we're Andy, old, and, we're, and we're out of touch on that one. Andy Byford has uh, his has had experience at the tube. Did he install the? the screen doors on the platform or was that another commissioner there? Uh, it's, that's, uh, I don't think that's in Byford's time, but London, uh, the London underground uh, has added platform doors and it's new extensions and it's modernized its system. And Byford is fully aware that it's something that uh, would be great to have in New York. Like I said, he said that uh, he is for it, but th that he is, quote him a big fan of these platform doors but he's at a place where money is uh, always tight right and where the priorities are such that there are a lot of other things to come first but 
who knows? This could really change the discussion on this. I, I can't say where they'll go with it, but it's one of those that's always in the background. You know, there was a, there was a board member who uh, his name is Charles Murdler. Uh, Mr. Murdler would from time to time bring this up. It was one of his pet projects, and it you know obviously never went anywhere. But there was at least some hope uh, when the MTA was going to try them out on the L at Third Avenue that they would finally move forward with at least a pilot program. But for now, it's it's not there. And hopefully it will be. Now, uh, you are on the transit beat for, for the city.nyc. What else do you cover over there, Jose? That's it. That's that's what keeps it busy. Uh, I think it's the uh, one of the great beats in the city. I think it's one of the great beats anywhere, really, uh, if you're a, a news person, if you're a reporter. So I've been really busy since we started publishing uh, back in April. Uh, it's just about a year since uh, most of us arrived here at the city. Uh, that's the city.nyc. And it's been uh, a great launch. It's been a lot of fun to do something different. Uh, and, and I think the, uh, the staff here has done some good work. So hopefully that'll just keep going. And now people who love local news, and this is what I've kind of been emphasizing. First of all, I've been emphasizing the last couple of weeks with the whole impeachment stuff. Americans really care about going from point A to B without, in certain cases, getting hit by a train or without getting hit by... People are caring more about getting A to B, like I am, like you are, than maybe what's on our television screens every night. But I also think local news is very important. So how can we support your local news outlet? I know you guys have a fundraiser going on. We're a nonprofit. So it was started uh, just about a year ago. Uh, when when the staff came together here uh, just south of Herald Square. And we are a nonprofit, so that means that we're dependent on the goodwill of uh, foundations, of uh, individuals, uh, of someone who wants to give anywhere from a uh, dollar a month to however much money they want to give a month. And we just recently completed our first uh, membership campaign, uh, which was – a push uh, from uh, the supporters of the city and, and from its staff members to give people the opportunity uh, and, and a reminder that, you know, think locally, which is our, one of our slogans uh, in terms of the importance of local news. That's all we do here. Uh, it's local investigative news. It's local accountability reporting. And we're not necessarily doing the stories that everyone else is doing on a daily basis. We're doing stories that hopefully uh, stand out on their own, um, that maybe uh, get people's attention and uh, push people in uh, to action. That's our goal here. So it's been really, a, for me, uh, an interesting year to join an organization that's not an institution, but that's trying to become one. And that's a huge change from someone who's been at the big papers in town and at a big TV station in the city of New York. So we're just getting our name out there. Hopefully uh, good work will make our name be known even more than it is now. And uh, then the money can trickle in or it can flood in. We're happy to have it, and we welcome the readers, and we certainly welcome the support. Well, and by the way, you got this is kind of how I ran into you. Jose is a city scoop because you're often featured in there. That's your morning news newsletter. So uh, it, it's a big, it's an important tool to wake up in the morning and see you guys uh, covering the city for us. Because you know us New Yorkers have very little time to see it 
ourselves. So thank you guys for doing the work each and every day. Well, the, the newsletter is important. It gets us out there. and There's a lot of really fine journalistic work being done on this city. I know that because I've been at great news organizations in the city for the last 20 plus years. And this is a great city to cover. But what we're trying to do, hopefully it, uh, it finds an audience. We, we put the newsletter out there each morning uh, so that people can read our stories, link to them, because it's, uh, you know, let's face it, we're not on the newsstand. We're, you're not going to find out about us if you're riding the subway or watching TV. Uh, it's an organization that is uh, making its name right now, and hopefully with good work that will continue to spread our, our name. Well, let's uh, let's see how it goes, and let's get you back on to continue to talk about your good work and the work of the city, because I, I believe in you guys. So Thank thanks you. so much for joining me tonight on Keeping It Real oh, with Alexander Garrett. And, you can call me anytime. And Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and please be safe. I mean, we can't. neither of us can stress it enough how important it is to be safe, and I think the biggest situation, solution right now is to get off the phone. I think that's what's plaguing everybody in the city. So maybe a change in that will change everybody. Uh, everybody's thinking around here. Thanks, Al. You got it. I'm Alexander Garrett, and that is this edition of Keep It Real with Alexander Garrett. Thank you so much, man.